Hi everyone, this is Jeremiah Teo and Joshua Badu, your pastoral performance coaches, and you are listening to the 100x Dudes podcast, your weekly dose on how to 100x your life. And today, as part of the continuous series on the topic of emotional intelligence, we are going to touch base on a brand new competency under the domain of emotional self-control. And as we have heard, compared to previous episodes, right now, we're going to have a different role play that is swapped, where I am going to really interview Joshua and to allow him to share with us much more about today's topic, that is positive outlook. But before that, I want to check in with my awesome co-host, Josh, how are you feeling right now? I'm feeling good. A bit nervous to be in the hot seat today, but hopefully I do a good job and I appreciate you trusting me with it. Uh, but all in all, I'm very excited that I think there's a lot of value for us to share today. And yeah, let's jump into it. Yes. And I think it is such a relevant topic of positive outlook because the word positive, uh, positivity is always thrown out in discussion that yeah. it's easy to tell someone, hey, be positive, think positive, uh, react positively. And of course, we know in life, being positive is easier said than to be done. Mm. But then I'm really excited and thrilled to listen to what you have in, in response to that. Because as we chatted, not just like before this podcast, even like different sessions or meeting, wherever we chat about coaching principles to help us to stay up in the game of living up our daily best. I've always heard great input from you how to have that constant and great high-performing positive outlook. So I can't wait to put you in the hot seat and just pass it the time. But maybe as a starter, right, Josh, as we look at the term positive outlook, how will you define this process and why is it important for us to have a positive outlook in our daily life? Yes. Yeah, so I think there's a lot to unpack with what you just said. Uh, and firstly, what I do want to start with is to acknowledge kind of like the cliche of saying be positive because you're right in what you said before, Jeremiah, there is almost a cliche today where it's like, hey, be positive or oh, look on the bright side, all these kind of things. And you hear it so often that eventually it begins to annoy you before you know it, hearing someone tell you to be positive will make you frustrated and angry. So what I want to do and what I believe we can do today is to bring some nuance to it but also bring the importance of why this does matter. Um, so in being able to try to define what having a positive outlook is and why it's important, let's dive into that, right? Yes. So firstly, positive outlook, it's kind of self-explanatory. When we're able to see life through a, a, a positive, a blessed, and a powerful good lens, that we can expect good things are coming, we can expect growth. We can expect change that is going to help grow us in our lives, in our business, in our relationships, whatever it may be, we are expecting good things to happen. I think that's one yeah. of the simplest ways we can um, define what having a positive outlook is, expecting good things to happen. Now, as far as the importance of it, which is, is very key as well, we need to realize we didn't just say be positive because, you know, be positive, uh, nothing can go wrong. We need to be truthful and objective that life can be negative. However, mm -hmm. when we're able to overcome that with a positive outlook, we, when we can expect good things, 
This can drive up our performance. It drives up our emotional well-being and it drives up our fulfillment of life. So it has a lot of great impact to learn this skill. And it is a skill that we all can learn as well. Yes, it's so good because as you mentioned, it's a skill that we can practice, we can master, and to really have the results of it um, being obvious in our family life, career journey as well. And I'm curious, Josh, say for you, you know, in this season, right, of COVID-19, of course, it's such a disruption for everyone, in fact, in the whole world, mm. how to get above it and to thrive even in the season of pandemic. So I'm really interested, say, for you, Josh, right, how do you practice that consistent positive outlook that you can share your own journey with our audience so that they can actually um, learn some tips from you in your recent journey? A hundred percent. So when we're breaking this down, I don't want to go, I don't want to jump straight to the end just yet of how I do it. I really want to help um, sow some seeds of the mechanics behind what's going on. And then I can also share with you how it is that I live it out. So firstly, we need to understand that when it comes to our positive outlook in life, when us, us believing and expecting good things are going to happen, what this really is, is our belief system at work. Tony Robbins has a very famous saying where he goes, where focus goes, energy flows. Where practically all he's saying is what it is you're focusing on is what's going to create your emotions, going to create your mindset. Now, with this, we need to understand that ultimately anything that we're seeing in life, anything that we're feeling in life is really a a result of the meaning we're attaching to a situation. So I'll give you an example. Mm. COVID-19 hit the world. We're all flying through 2019, uh, you know, Avengers Endgame comes out, people at an all-time high excited about life. And then boom, COVID-19 hits, economy shuts down, businesses shut down, all these things shut down. And in this moment, we all have a a decision to make on how we're going to attach meaning to the situation and what's the story we're going to say about this situation. A lot of people were attaching the meaning of this is the end of the world, this is Armageddon, Christ is coming back, or this is going to be the end of of an era. However, even during this time, many people were able to make more money. Zoom skyrocketed in its influence and impact. Uh, People were able to learn and become innovative in this in this period, they had a meaning of prosperity about COVID. They had a positive outlook of this is an opportunity for growth and innovation. So yes. firstly, we need to understand that if we're going to have this positive outlook, and I will share what it is that I, how I live it out, but if we're yes. going to have a positive outlook, we need to understand that it's also, uh, it's also about what meaning and story we attach to a situation that will impact our positive outlook, if that makes sense. What I will ask back to you because I want to yeah. also get you involved with this Jeremiah is when you look at positive outlook how it is it how is it that you say you define it or what is it about positive outlook that you believe is important before we dive back into my area yeah I think like what you shared with the first point that we could choose a narrative that could be in the season of the unexpected circumstances because we can't control things that happen around us but we can control things that happen within us. Mm. Say perspective, the kind of stories we want attached to the scenarios that just kind of happen in our life. For example, right, 
I always practice this um, habit of uh, filtering. So say, for example, if you take a photo, if you go to Instagram, you can use different kinds of filters, say the uh, Clarodon or the Lo-Fi, so many different filters. But if you have chosen uh, the right filter that you desire, it will create the ideal feeling. Say, for example, right, if even if I take a happy family photos, but if I put, put it in a black and white, it might resonate with like sorrow and just sadness with it. Yeah. But if I have a sad uh, person looking at the window and I put like bright colors on it, it portrays more positive emotions. What I'm trying to say is that in our daily life, we have the power to choose the right future over the image that happened in our daily journey. We can either choose to have a black and white grayish that is more um sad or you can choose like bright vibes that to create more of the positive outlook of life i love that i love what you just said then and one of the key things that when you said it just really pierced through me is the filter mm. we apply we have a choice on the filter we want to apply to a situation and i think that's the crux of what we have here when we're trying to have a positive outlook in life and gain all the benefits of it, the performance, the fulfillment, the emotional stability of it, we have a choice to make. Can we attach a positive filter, a positive story, a positive meaning to whatever is happening to us in life? Now, yeah. I'll come back to the question you originally asked me because I'm not going to run away from it because you're asking me how it is, <laughs> how is it that I uh, live out a positive outlook in life? Yes. Now, for anyone who knows me intimately, they know that I'm a Christian and I'm a strong believer in Christ. He is one of the strongest ways that I practice a positive outlook because I'm able to put my faith and my belief in a higher power that I believe is looking out for me. Yes. If you go to a lot of different self-development seminars, there is actually a very popular phrase that's getting coined a lot, which is life isn't happening to you, it's happening for you. Right. Wow. And it's really trying to get people into the mindset of whatever's happening around you. If you lose your job, if you go broke, if you lose your house, it's not happening to you. It's happening to set you up for a greater tomorrow. I take that, but I want to take that to the next level in my life. When I attach the spirituality of it, that I know life's not just happening to me, but it's happening for me. And the reason I do know this is because of my faith in Christ. So that's one of the biggest ways that I practice positive a positivity in my life, knowing that life is happening for me because God is looking out for me. Yes, it's so good because, right, say, um, as we talk about Christian faith, we believe that we are already given the status as God's beloved children, meaning it's not about what we do more or less. He still loves us nonetheless. So with that safety net, we have the assurance that the abounding love from God allow us to keep it going, to embrace the positivity of uh, constant love that from Him that we could feel assured to keep it going regardless of our imperfections and mistakes because we are imperfect. That's why we need Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. We need a Savior. And I thought that's so good uh, when we talk about you know, how God is important in our life as a constant uh, support, not just support, but knowing that he loves us so much that even when we are not doing well, he will give us a strength and peace to keep it going. And a final sharing before I pass time to you, Josh, as well. 
I was reminded the uh, maybe some of you are not Christians listening to this podcast. There's always this um, popular phrase that is being shared among Christians or friends is, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That if you look at the book of Philippians chapter 4, 13, you'll see that that verse is always uh, provided. I want to share something additionally. And whenever we use like biblical verses, it's important, not just that one verse, we need to look at the context because if you use the wrong text, you can con people. That's always like, you've got to make sure you have the right context. And in the context itself, there's verses before that is saying um, the writer, Apostle Paul, was writing, in short, in summary, is that regardless of circumstances, be the good and the bad, rich or poor, challenging or joy, he is contented with life because mm. of who God is in his life and how God has saved him from his always uh, in summary. So therefore, Philippians 4.13, it says that I can do all things through him who gives me strength. I can therefore you know, thrive in the midst of unexpected challenging circumstances. Yes, yes, that's exactly, that's exactly, I love how you put it there. And with, with that, we, we need to understand that everyone may have their different ways of creating that, that belief system. So for me, I have that belief system in my faith. For those who are maybe, they may not be Christian, maybe they're big on spirituality. They believe that, you know, life's not happening to them, but it's happening for them and that the universe has their back. One thing, the, the question you need to ask for those who are listening is, what, what do you use to create that belief? What do you use to create that grounding effect to know that good things are going to come, to expect good things to happen? And here's why I say that. Mm. The actual emotion behind all these things is trust. Mm. When we trust, we then believe something is going to play its, its, it's, gonna play its, uh, its side. So what I mean by that, let me explain it again, because that was a bit, a bit of a, a strange way to put it. So my trust in God makes me believe that he's looking out for me, but it comes out of my trust. Someone else might have trust in money. So as long as they have a lot of money, they trust good things are going to come because they trust as long as they have money, they will be able to purchase anything that they need. But their trust is ultimately in the money. You need to ask yourself, what is your trust in? Because the thing that your trust is in is what's going to determine when you have a positive outlook. If your trust wow. is in things that are temporary, only when those things are available will you have a positive outlook. And when those things are taken away, your outlook might become shaky. What we want to try to challenge everyone is to find things to put your trust in and expectation in that you know are eternal, that you know can't be taken away, that you know can always work out well for you. Now, for me, it's my belief in God. For someone else, it may be their belief in um, growth. They might have a growth mindset saying that, you know what, no matter what happens, there's something that I can learn from this. And as long as they can learn something from it, they believe that that will bring positivity and that's how they create their positive outlook. So ultimately, just to put a button on it, I'm really just saying, as long as we can find what it is that we put a trust in and make sure that our trust is in something that is stable, something that will last, something that can't be taken away from us, that is one of the greatest ways we can have a positive outlook and have an expectation of good things to come in our life. Yes, I want to jump into this part for one to two minutes about the things that we choose to trust in. Yes. And I want to ask you, Josh, is what are some things that you have observed as a coach 
from your clients or people or in your own life that people usually trust in, but they are fallible. They are not healthy to trust in. And often the trust in these things actually brought forth much more catastrophes in their life. What are some examples of these things that you've seen? Why, wow, Jeremiah, I thought you would never ask. So firstly, <laughs> like I said before, people put a lot of their trust in money. So mm. they live a life where as long as they have a, enough money or enough capital in their life, they feel like they're able to do anything. But the moment that their money begins to run low or things, they, become, they begin to go into hard times, hit hard times, that same faith, that same trust, that same positive outlook is what they lose. Others may put it in people's validation. Do you know those people who, uh, when they're alone, they seem to be, you know, very scared or afraid of doing something. But the moment they have the whole crowd supporting them and saying, yeah, you can do it. Now they're beating out their chest. They're sticking their chest <laughs> out and they feel like they're King Kong, right? They're right. someone who put their trust in people's validation. They put their trust in what others say. Those who are the most confident are able to operate whether people are for them or against them. It doesn't matter at all. So mm. I tend to find people tend to put their, a lot of people tend to put their trust in material things or people's validation. Um, that being said, you also do find that the most powerful people tend to try to put their trust in something, a, 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 a higher power, or they put it in something that's bigger than, bigger than themselves. They put it in community. They put it in nature. They put it in the laws of the universe or put it in science. They, they, they trust in something that they feel is unshakable. So they stay strong, even when things may be coming against them. Right. That is so good. And it's so true because often we trust in those um, materialistic things that are temporal, but often it just brings as well temporal results and temporal success. And I love when you chat about uh, people's validation and because often the outlook of life is very much related to the kind of people that we have chosen to be deeply involved with in our life. People's validations do have the, or it works as double-edged sword. It can either build you up tremendously, 10x, 100x, in the same form. It can destroy you, yes. 10x, 100x. And it's such a great reminder. And I would jump in as well, because in the current big coaching or even with leadership, there's always a motion about tribalism. That if you have to try the right try that you surround yourself with or in, you have the higher possibility of a good outlook that will help you to greater success in life. And as we mentioned, right, um, you know, the cliche that is so true, we are the average of five people closest in our life. Mm. So therefore, if we, if we know that people's validation do affect us, it's important we don't we are not depending on those validations for greater growth, but as well, it's important to choose the right people in our lives so that we can leverage, we can build up one another, and we can help the community, the tribe to thrive together. Because two, at least two, are better than one. That's it. That's exactly it. Well, in that case, then, Jeremiah, there's one more main point that I want to share before um, I'm out of points. And that's about how it is that we can begin to create that trust. Yeah. So in my studies, I found that there's, there's many ways that we, that we can create trust in our lives, but I want to highlight four ways that our listeners can take home so that they can know how they can begin to take, create trust, whether that's trust in God, 
even trust in money or trust in people. This is a tool. So whatever you use this tool against, it's going to work for, but these are the four ways you can do it. Yes. One is experience. When you're able to look back and remember your previous experiences, what that will tend to do is create the trust on what you expect to happen in the future. So for example, if I was to do a mathematical equation and I do a mathematical equation and nine times out of 10, the answer is 10 or the answer is yeah, 10, then most likely I'm going to expect that nine times out of 10 going into the future, the answer is going to be 10 again. So mm. the more we look back on our past experiences, the more that will influence what we believe and trust will happen in the future. So that's the first thing, our experiences. Secondly is our role models. People that we see, who we look up to, and we see that they've been able to accomplish something, that can have a great effect on our own belief system where we begin to say to ourselves, you know what, if Jeremiah could do it, maybe I could do it. If Josh could do it, maybe I could do it. If uh, Leonardo mm -hmm. DiCaprio did it, then maybe I can do it. Because we look at them, we, we think that they're uh, an image of what we can become, and it can create a lot of trust of what we should be doing and what we can do as well, which is why we all have role models that we lean on. Right. Thirdly is verbal persuasion. Okay. When we have these discussions, the power of the tongue is so important. That's why people are afraid of charismatic figures sometimes because they can trick you or convince you of doing things you shouldn't be doing. Someone can have the, the gift of the gap that gives them the ability to persuade you of what's positive. They can persuade you into a positive outlook or into a negative outlook. Once again, these are just tools. You can use it for the good or for the bad, but someone's ability to persuade you or your ability to persuade yourself can give you a strong trust and positive outlook into the future. And then finally, our physiological state. What mm. we're talking about today and having that emotional management, that uh, yeah, emotional management isn't just mental. It can also come down to our physical. And there's a popular saying that uh, motion creates emotion. When you're, if you're, if you're looking to take a snapshot of someone who's depressed, they do this, do this experiment all the time. You'll tend to find that their shoulders are slumped. They're looking down, they're talking low. They're talking kind of soft and talking kind of slow. While someone who's excited, their, their voice is up, their, their shoulders back, their hands are raised, all these kind of things. Because our physiology affects our emotions as well, as well as the way we see life. So if you're able to begin to, whether it's exercise, begin to use powerful poses, the power poses, all those kind of things, changing your stance, you'll find, sorry, the four things, you'll find that these are great ways to also create a positive outlook in your life. And it can go both ways. You can use it for the negative or for the positive. So those are the four final ways I want to leave to help people for tools they can use to create that trust and create that positive outlook. What experiences can you pull on? Powerful experiences you can pull on that create that positive outlook of your future. What role models can you look at that give you the belief that you can do more in all things in, in life? What verbal persuasion or what things are you hearing that can convince you that you can do more than maybe you can at the current time? And lastly, what is your physiological state? What is your body like? How is your health? How's your physical health? All these things have such a great impact in creating trust, which will lead to our positive outlook on what we believe our future will be. Mm. I want to dive in, into the third point just for the final few minutes of the podcast, and that is verbal persuasion. Say I am naturally negative 
every day when I wake up on the bed, I just think of the nightmares, the worst thing that could happen to my family. And I don't see myself as a champion. I see as myself as the worst of humankind, for example, right? What would be your tips to people who are in that zone, the constant daily negative zone, and how can they adopt healthy verbal persuasion? What can they say to themselves so that they can help or help themselves to progress in daily journey? That's a, that's a very great point you pull, pulled up. I'm, I'm glad you pulled up that question. Let me come at it from a biblical standpoint, and then we can also look at it from a just a scientific standpoint. Now, in the word, it says that hearing comes by, sorry, faith comes by the hearing of the word, right? Where the more we hear something, the more that it will wire us to have that faith. Now, this isn't just a biblical belief. This is just a natural belief that the more we begin to hear something or repeat something, what it will do is actually change the wiring, the neurons in our brain to create a new belief system. The more we hear something, the more we're around something, the more it will influence what we believe as well. Mm. So what we want to be doing is choosing the right words. It's as simple as that. Are you going to be choosing empowering words that are going to make you believe of what's possible? I can do all things. I'm a capable person. I am someone who, though I may not be perfect, I am perfectly imperfect. Or are the words you're using words that are going to be bringing destruction? I'm a failure. I'll never understand it. No one likes me. We have the freedom to choose the words we're going to use in our life. And for mm -hmm. someone who is wanting to gain control of that verbal persuasion, I would really encourage and challenge them to say, what words are you using in your life? And how can you begin to choose and only begin to speak empowering words over your life for at least a week or a month and see right. the power it has over your life going forward. Yes, a quick input from my own journey as well. In my toughest time, I practice simple words. That is like, I used to think that I'm not good enough and the narrative repetition obviously has this downcasted result. But I realized when I just take the small steps, say daily, look at the mirror, say I am good enough because Jesus is good enough. And just speaking slow, not too sophisticated, short and sweet. It does bring out every word into great impact for my life. So I really want to echo back what George is saying, that the choice of your words that you speak to yourself or even to you write to yourself, because I know some of us love journaling, and even your prayers, the choice of words that you decide to put in your narration and your personal encouragement or discouragement have a big impact. So I would say, um, you know, to write upon Josh's point, is what are some words, positive words, that you can affirm yourself? And I'm not saying put your lies on it, because we have strength and weaknesses. We are not perfect. But I want to encourage you, right, audience who are listening right now, choose some words that you know are truth of you, the strengths of yours, and proclaim it over your life because you are good enough to make an impact in your life and in people's life around you. That's exactly it, Jeremiah. I couldn't say any better myself. Yes. All right. Um, so we have a few minutes. I just wanted to bring it to close. But before that, Josh, any final points, any final recap that you feel like we need to have our audience to remember 
uh, as we look at positive outlook as part of the emotional intelligence series? What I would say is you're right, we're coming to the end of the uh, emotional self-management part of this emotional intelligence series. Um, what, I would, what I would ultimately say is if we're looking to have a positive outlook in our life, which ultimately is expecting good things to happen, it ultimately mm. comes down to the stories we tell ourselves and the meanings we attach to situations. We can attach negative meanings to things. We can attach positive meanings to things. And it's up to us to make a conscious decision to look for the empowering and positive meanings and stories we can attach to a situation. And when we do so, we will see growth in all areas of our life, in our finances, in our health, in our wealth, in our relationships, all these kind of things. So it's it's on our us to do it. And if we are to do so, find someone who, who you believe is powerful at doing so and just replicate them. If you see that they're doing it and it's working for them, you do it too and see how it works for you as well. Amen, brother. Wonderfully said. All right, guys, we have come to the end of this episode. And remember, if you truly want to change your life, change the lives around people in your journey. And this is 100X Dudes Podcast. Thanks for listening. Take care and be awesome. Take care, guys.